Hello and welcome to MacPreneur, the show that helps entrepreneurs from all around the world run their business on Apple Gear. My name is Damien Schreurs and here we go for today's episode. So, in today's show, I'll share with you my take on the pros and cons of Face ID and Touch ID. At the time of recording, it's been two weeks since I switched from an iPhone 8 Plus to an iPhone XR, and if you're on the fence yourself, this episode might be helpful to make a decision. Before diving in, I just wanted to thank you for listening to the show. I truly appreciate you fitting the MacPreneur podcast in your busy life. If it's your first time, welcome to the MacPreneur tribe. You're joining listeners located all around the world. And if you're listening for a while now, please let me know what you think, either by leaving a review on Apple Podcast or shooting me an email at damien at macpreneur.com. Because I want to help you make the most of your Apple gear even between episodes, I've prepared 30 tips to help you master your iPhone and Mac. Among other things, you'll learn how to operate your device faster and tame notifications, which will make you more productive in the long run. To sign up to this free email course, just click on the link in the show notes, available at macpreneur.com forward slash episode 27. So now let's dive in to do, into today's topic. So yes, I finally bought my first Face ID iPhone. And uh, if you're a regular listener, you might recall that I was reluctant to switch to a phone without a home button. With so many devices still having a home button in in my household, I was afraid it would be difficult to switch. So in the end, it's not as bad as I expected, but two weeks in, it still requires a little bit of mental energy to access access control center, for instance, or to perform a screenshot and other tasks that usually involve the home button. The one I use the most is Control Center, and um, on an iPhone with a home button, usually you swipe up from the bottom edge of the screen. But with an iPhone with a Face ID, you have to swipe down from the top right corner of the screen, so totally a different place. On an iPhone with Face ID, when you swipe up from the bottom edge, you actually invoke multitasking. So normally this is done by double-clicking the home button on on a uh, iPhone with a home button, but you see, it's uh, when you when you do something on one phone, it's usually something else on the other phone. Hopefully, you can start to feel how confusing it really can be when switching from one type of device to to the other. Now, since iOS 12, Apple unified the gestures on the iPad so that they match those from the iPhone with Face ID. And the the reason is that the latest iPad Pro actually ditched the home button in favor of Face ID uh, as well. Now, it would be great if with iOS 13, the gestures would be also unified for the older iPhones, but I doubt they do that, uh, even though Face ID devices are really clearly the future for them. Now, you might wonder why I chose the XR over the XS or the XS Max. I wish I could say that the price tag did not influence my decision, but in the end it did. And luckily I'm very satisfied with the compromise that I made. Uh, 
Now, without financial constraints, I'd, had, I'd have bought the 10s Max with 256 GB of storage, as I really, really enjoy the, the 2x optical zoom on the 8 Plus, and I use a 3D Touch quite a bit. Now, the, the 10s was out of the equation because I really got used to the 8 Plus screen real estate especially the width that allows for slightly bigger keys in the keyboard. Now, three factors made me go for the tenor. The first one is the size. It's really in between my old iPhone 6 and the latest iPhone 8 Plus, which is really perfect for me and especially my pocket. Now, the second factor is the storage capacity. Believe it or not, it's the only model offered by Apple which has 128 GB of storage. The 10s and the 10s Max, they go directly from 64 GB to 256 and 512 GB. There is no 128 GB of storage available for the 10s and the 10s Max. And in my case, actually, that's the sweet spot. 128 GB is really great. I, I have a 256 and only half of it on my iPhone 8 Plus is, is taken. Now, the last factor that made me choose the tenor is actually simply research. You know, as a, an Apple consultant, I wanted to feel and experience the absence of some of the things I was used to, like the optical zoom, 3D touch, and also being able to do portrait mode um, on anything. Now, with the with the tenor, it's possible to do portrait mode with one lens, but it's only limited to faces, to, to human, human beings. You cannot do portrait mode on a dog or on a static object like, like a tree or something like that. Now, doing that research, I will be much better able to advise my clients and I will be able to see also for myself is some of the features that I really, really liked, but that I will not have anymore are really a deal breaker for me or not. And anyway, since, since I'm keeping the iPhone 8 Plus, I will still have access to the camera whenever I need it. Now, talking about the 8 Plus, here is how the 10R is different from it. Now, even though it is slightly narrower and a bit less and less tall than the 8 Plus, actually the screen size, the screen real estate is much bigger. So much so that actually I was able to fit an additional row of shortcuts in control center. So that was really, really great. And um, it's funny also how I started to notice the black part of the iPhone 8 Plus screen. So at the top and the bottom near the, the home button. Now, because I'm used now to the 10R edge to edge display. So from top to bottom there, there is screen. Now from a weight perspective, with a case and a screen protector, the 10R is less than 10% lighter than the 8 Plus, so it's, it's barely noticeable, it's, it's really almost the same. Now, they are both running iOS 12.1.2 at the time of recording, and actually, even though the 10R is a, a, the latest version of the, the processor, I actually did not notice any difference when I was scrolling between screens or when I launch apps, or when I have to access the today view notifications, notification center, I don't notice anything. And the thing is actually the, the 10R screen resolution is lower 
than the 8 plus. So I was really expecting that, that it would be more fluid, but apparently the processor difference is in this case irrelevant. Now both both screens use the LCD technology, which is different from the 10S and 10S Max, which are OLED. But what is missing on the 10R is 3D touch. And it has been replaced by what Apple call now haptic touch. Now, if you're not familiar with 3D touch, it appeared on the iPhone 6S and it provides direct access to certain app functionalities. So when you press harder, not longer, just harder on an app icon, for instance, uh, on, the, on the home screen or on an icon on, in control center or in notification center. Now, an example for the camera app on the home screen, if you 3D touch on it, you can directly switch the camera to portrait mode, or you can directly switch the camera to record the video. So no need to go into the camera and then scroll to find the right setting. You can go directly to what you want. My, my favorite of three, for 3D touch is really on the settings app in my dock. And because if you 3D touch on, on the settings app, you can quickly access the Bluetooth configuration pane. So it's just one, one click if you want, and uh, you can go immediately where you, where you want to be, no need to, to scroll and so on. Now pay attention, it's really different from a long press that makes the app icon jiggle. You're, when, when you do that on the home screen and you have all the icons that start to jiggle, that allow you to either delete an app, move an app around, or put it in a folder. So it's it's two two different things, and um, I don't know why, but Apple decided not to provide 3D touch functionality on the 10R. Could be cost reason, could be technical difficulties with the H2H LCD display. I don't know. I don't know why they decided to do to do that. But instead, they replaced it with what they called haptic touch and haptic touch is actually <laughs> a long press combined with haptic feedback but it is limited to control center and notification center and in those cases it's actually providing the similar fun functionalities as 3d touch so an example that you may be familiar with is that if you open control center and you long press on the brightness meter for the screen, you will have additional, a new menu will pop up and you will have two additional buttons. One to toggle on or off night shift and the other one to toggle on and off the true tone display. Now, if you long press also on the two by two grid where you see the, the connectivity icons and the Wi-Fi icon, Bluetooth icon and so on. If you long press on this one, you have another screen where you will see actually six icons and the, the two additional ones are for airdrop and also to turn off quickly personal hotspot. So this is actually great because even though 3D touch has been removed, some of the functionalities of 3D touch are still there on, on the phone. In the notification center, for if you long press on a notification, you have additional actions like completing a task in Todoist. And uh, for any app also, you can configure the notification preferences for the app. 
So that's not lost, actually, that's still there on the tenor. So overall, I find that uh, haptic touch is really a useful compromise with the added benefit that actually on the home screen, you, you cannot accidentally make an icon jiggle when you actually want it to 3D touch. So at the beginning, it was not easy to actually know, okay, how do I need to press on the icon to make it jiggle versus uh, applying 3D touch. And sometimes I, I was doing the, the opposite of what I, what I wanted to do. So mm, on that, in that case, actually for majority of the user, I think that haptic touch is, is, a, is great. It's uh, good enough, it provides enough functionality and actually it removes some of the headaches that you could have uh, from uh, uh, not really being able to, to do a 3D touch versus a, a long press. Now, personally speaking, the, the 3D touch feature that I miss the most, it's the ability to stop downloading an app that was offloaded from my phone. At the same time, it's not a big deal because it's not something that I do often anyway. What is really great about the Tenar is the front-facing camera, which can do uh, selfies in portrait mode, so with a blurred background. And in addition to that, it's possible to send animojis and memojis, which is not feasible when you don't have a Face ID device, so like the, the 8 Plus. So now let's talk about uh, the pros and cons of, of Face ID. Um, on the plus side, because Face ID actually is making a 3D map of your face using 30,000 projected dots. And in addition that, to that, it captures a heat map using uh, infrared sensors. It is actually one of the most secure facial recognition technology in the market today. Now, if you, if you try to unlock the phone just using a picture or even you, you make a mask and somebody wear, is wearing the mask, this will not work. It will not fool Face ID. Apple claims that there's only one chance in one million that someone else's face could unlock your iPhone. Um, compare this with one chance over 50,000 for Touch ID and, and really on paper, it's definitely less uh, spoof provable. And because Face ID relies on infrared, it works very well even in the dark. In fact, it's working scarily well, such that it's actually not possible to look at the phone without unlocking it. Just want to check the time or if you have received a notification, you look at the phone, boom, it's unlocked. This is convenient, I would say, but from a security perspective, I think it means you, we have to be much more vigilant. One day, my eldest daughter took my iPhone Tena while I was doing something. She made it face me and she said, Daddy, and then I turned my head to look at her and she starts giggling and she says, thank you, I'm in your phone now. And I was like, oh no. That's when I realized that this one chance over one million does not help in that specific situation. And actually in that uh, situation, when someone else is, is holding your phone, Touch ID is actually more, uh, is, yeah, Touch ID is more secure than Face ID. In addition, Apple recognizes that identical twins, they can unlock their siblings' iPhone through Face ID. 
And they also recognize that for children, when the face is still evolving, it's not the best authentication method either. And the thing is, you can enroll more appearances, like uh, with a pair of polarized uh, sunglasses, or if you grow a beard, a beard now you can also uh, enroll a new appearance. The thing is, yes, it helps you unlock the device, but it also increases the chance that someone else could unlock your iPhone at the same time. The thing is, they don't say, Apple doesn't say how much the probability is increased. So this is why I believe Touch ID is much better than Face ID. Uh, the thing is the ability to actually enter up to 10 fingerprints to unlock the phone. So not only can you configure fingers from the left and the right hand, but you also could can configure multiple people. So you can let multiple people unlock the same device without necessarily divulging your passcode. So for instance, and it's, it's uh, in, our, in our case, so with a, with a child, you can add your own fingerprint so that you can unlock the phone of your child whenever you want. And the child can actually change a passcode if you wanted to. You don't need necessarily to know the passcode, but with the fingerprint, you can still unlock the phone. Now for a device with Face ID, you need to know the passcode if you want to be able to unlock your child's iPhone. And also you will need to add a restriction to prevent your child from ever changing the passcode at the same time. Now Touch ID is as fast to unlock a device as a Face ID and if you think about taking the iPhone out of your pocket, Touch ID can actually be faster than Face ID. The reason is simply, you can already put your finger on the home button when you put your hand in your pocket. So before even having it in front of your face, you can already have unlocked your device. Are we talking about one or two seconds, maybe sometimes more, uh, when Face ID does not work uh, immediately the first time? So it's not a big deal, but over the course of a day, it can add up. Now, the biggest drawback of Touch ID is when you have wet or greasy hands or when you wear gloves, like uh, during uh, the winter season. So in those situations, yeah, Face ID wins. Now, to conclude, uh, each method has its pros and cons. And for me, the main deciding factor will be the need to access the iPhone through biometry by multiple people. Um, regardless from the method, there is still an advantage of, of using biometry. And the, the advantage is that it allows to create a stronger passcode. So yes, the passcode is more difficult to enter, but with Face ID or Touch ID, we need to enter that passcode less often and more importantly, if you have other people watching you, they won't have the chance to see you enter your passcode or they will have less chances to see you enter the, the passcode. Now, of course, nothing is 100% secure, which is why Apple has put some additional mechanisms in place to reduce the risk of getting our iPhone unlocked or hacked. So how? It's simple. There are a few conditions that will require the passcode to be entered manually. So there are a few situations. So if you restart your device, then Face ID, Touch ID won't work. Uh, 
If the device has not been unlocked for 48 hours, then again, uh, it will require to enter the passcode. If there are five unsuccessful Touch ID or Face ID recognition attempts, so after five times, if it doesn't work, it switches back to, to the passcode also. If you have activated Find My iPhone, um, through the Find My iPhone interface, you can actually remotely lock your device, and that will actually uh, eliminate the possibility to use Touch ID or Face ID. And uh, another one, it's uh, when you initiate Power Off Emergency SOS. So the, the way you do that is you press simultaneously the power button and either of the volume buttons for two seconds. And you will see on the screen Power Off Emergency SOS. Just the fact of doing that, this gesture, this will actually uh, remove the possibility to use Touch ID or Face ID. So for me, this last one is the biggie because it involves actually developing better situational awareness and a new habit. The, the episode with my, my daughter was really by far the a big haha moment for me on, on that, uh, that front. And actually since that time I'm practicing the emergency SOS gesture so that if I end up in a shady place, I'll be able to quickly deactivate Face ID even right from my pocket. So that's it for today. I hope you found this episode useful somehow and you have a better idea of the pros and cons of Face ID and Touch ID. As usual, a transcript of this episode and all the links will be in the show notes available at macpruno.com forward slash episode 27, where you're more than welcome to actually provide feedback in the comments section. Actually, I'd love to know which kind of iPhone you have, and what you think about Face ID and Touch ID. And until next time, I'm Damien Schroes, wishing you a great day.